Hi, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the Assistant to the Assistant Coaches podcast. My name is Rahil, and I'm here with Hassan. What it do, what it do. And Anil. What it do, baby. Oh, man, all these what it do's. So before we get into our episode, I wanted to kind of take a minute and just share with both of you and our listeners that just feeling a little extra emotional today, uh, really hyped from from the last dance and just getting really excited for basketball, but then also sad because we don't have basketball. We still don't have football, but we had something yesterday, uh, the match part two. Thought that was, that was kind of interesting. Twitter, Twitter was going off. Um, didn't, didn't think that it was going to be that big of a hit, but when you don't have sports, I guess that's what happens. I don't know. Did y'all get a chance to, to see Tiger, Phil, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady go at it? Hudson? I watched a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I watched a little bit. Um, I had my expectations set really low because when the NBA tried to do the horse competition, yeah. which was an all-time fail in the NBA's uh, history book, I just figured it would be something kind of similar to that, just some really bad cameras and showmanship. But going through Twitter, looking at a few videos, kind of tuning into it for a few minutes, it seemed pretty funny. I mean... <laughs> Peyton Manning is really, really funny. He's a clown. He's a troll. So it was nice to also know that Tom Brady is human outside of the football field as well. Yeah, for real. Um, and I was just like, man, uh, I need to learn how to golf. Um, all the, it seems like all the goats play golf, whether it's like MJ, Tom Brady, Manning, Tiger, all these, all these players play golf. And it's like, that's something I need to pick up on. Anyways, let's get to the important part of the pod. Um, we'll talk about, we're talking about the last dance, um, concluded. We all have our thoughts while we were watching it, but now we actually get to like share our thoughts with each other and talk about, um, what, what was, what we liked and what we didn't like about it and kind of debate a little bit more about the hypotheticals, uh, whether they would win seven, whether they would have went one more if they didn't go through all the, the instances that they had to go through. Um, so I have a couple of thoughts I wanted to kind of gauge your both of y'all's thoughts on as well but if y'all have something while we're talking about it feel free to let's let's talk about it um first first let's just talk about what our favorite part of the documentary was um you know there was a lot going on over the last five weeks uh so there must be there might be more than one but let's let's see what we have uh, Anil, do you want to start yeah honestly my favorite part was just the recognition of jordan you know like I um, I watched a couple of episodes and got some texts from friends that said, man, I didn't know Jordan scored 40, had 41 points per game in the 93 finals, you know, and I didn't know he defeated Charles Barkley. Like, you know, everybody kind of pays attention that everybody's kind of like short term, right? And reactionary. They kind of pay attention to the NBA in today's day and age and like social media, things like that. And the 90s kind of get forgotten. Um, you know Jordan dominated, dominated, but you don't you don't know the tangible evidence that makes him, you know, in the GOAT conversation. So uh, that was my favorite part. Just, you know, the the intricate kind of recognition that Jordan got in the documentary. Like, it went through every single, like, one of his failures and every one of his successes. That was great. No, I think that's cool. I think you're right that a lot of pe- viewers, especially our young NBA fans, probably have seen a lot more Kobe highlights or LeBron highlights. Um, and we had so much access to clips and media and vocals from 
all sorts of folks for the Jordan documentary that truly gave us a better insight outside of maybe right just quick stats or like what we see on the House of Highlights Instagram for Jordan, you know, to really give us a better picture and perspective of why he's in this conversation as opposed to just why he is the GOAT as opposed to just one of in the conversation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I would say a favorite that I had was um, because we had so much access to behind the scenes, like just seeing these guys like after games, before games, whatever, just like puff, puff, pass and cigar or like after a game, let me go grab a quick brew, like, or just eating whatever. (laughs) I think we all probably laughed about this. We talked about it on our group chat, but just the whole pizza thing where he's like, I ate the whole pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just like Jordan (laughs) during the middle of the season can like, take down a large pizza hut pizza like pizza pizza it made me feel better if you go back to our pilot episode you know just like you know just i've I've talked about to you guys and i don't remember if we talked about the pilot or not but i can eat a whole large pizza i used to be able to i don't know if i can anymore but it just made me feel like i have a little bit of jordan in me in the food game you do man you do (laughs) straight up Uh, the meme potential in the documentary was was huge especially the uh security guard who won quarters i got to go or I think, Rahel, you texted, like, anytime Jordan had, like, his iPad in his hand, he had the best facial reactions to, yeah. like, having an iPad, like, oh, screw that guy. Like, nah. yeah. it, was just so, it was a lot of fun to see uh, just just him. Yeah, no, definitely agree with both of what, what y'all said. Um, I think that it was it was good. The, the, way that they, the way that they scripted it and had the interviews done from the other other players, other coaches, other other people first. And then they showed Jordan after the fact and seeing his initial like reaction while he was going through it. Yes, they made for great memes, but it was also like, yeah, that that's how he really it was I don't think it was I don't think it was like scripted that he would react in those those manners when he saw those uh, comments made by other people. The other the other thought I have with that is kind of like he became an icon in the 90s um, without, or the, or the late 80s and the 90s without having what we have today and how Twitter kind of blows up. Anything that happens immediately, everybody in the world is talking about it um, and there's something going on. I can't imagine what he, what he would have been like if um, he lived in, like or his, his play was right now. Um, the social media era, right? Like everything exactly. he said and did and how impact, even more impactful it could be. Um, I think it's funny you mentioned that too, just because just the amount of media interviews, like how polished he was talking to the media, how available he made himself, I think was also pretty cool. And then you mentioned how, you know, the players would talk about each other. A lot of the older generation players from the eighties and the nineties talk a lot of mess about the current players and how they're like buddy, buddy and hanging out behind the scenes and trading jerseys. But I feel like I saw some of that buddy buddiness <laughs> with some of these interviews or when they'd go and meet each other up in the locker room, like maybe there was a little more hatred or passion towards like rivalry, but I still feel like magic went up and dapped up Jordan, you know, Jordan said Isaiah should have dapped me up after we won. Like, you know, just that granted it's sportsmanship and respect, but I still felt like there was some sense of buddy buddy, especially, um, the part where he was filming Space Jam and invited all those players to come out and play, right? A lot of players get so much crap for going to LA Fitness or Lifetime up in LA, like, to play, but together, all these friends are all playing pickup, like, what the heck? And they want to play together? They were doing that on the Space Jam set, you know? So a little ironic or just kind of, like, funny to hear what these guys think now, the older guys, and how they're saying the exact opposite of the way they acted, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. I I don't think... 
I've ever told you guys this story. So I studied abroad, right, in China in 2010. And I did my, my program capstone on basketball in China. And we went to Tibet for a week-long trip. And I happened to go to this, like, village. There's no telephone wires to go to the village, right? There's, like, nothing. It's just farmland. And there was these, like, 10-year-old kids playing soccer. And since my project was on basketball, I wanted to ask these kids, like, about basketball, like, you know, what they know about it. and I didn't even have to say the, like the name Jordan, right? I asked them, what do you know about basketball? Like in Mandarin. And they said that the only thing they knew about it was Michael Jordan. And the fact that a village in Tibet with no phone access or internet access in the year, like they were, I mean, these were 10 year old kids too. They didn't even watch Jordan. Um, I don't know. I, I was just like amazed. Like I just didn't even know how they would even find out about this person. They probably like, had like a VHS copy of Space Jam and that's all they really knew. Straight you know? up, man. Straight <laughs> up. I'm surprised they didn't say Bugs Bunny then. Oh, that was next. You had to keep asking. You probably yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll just kind of close up on my favorite part. Um, it was it was just the the emotional the personal touch with it i i think that we when we think about um just like in uh in a vacuum we think that oh the bulls dominated the 90s they won six championships that's wonderful um the lakers showtime lakers they came about and they won a string of championships the celtics dominated the 80s um and then you know we have like a, a variety like the most recent you know like the warriors dominated the 2010s right so um we think of that in like a vacuum, but to see the the actual ins and outs, they they had to do um, the actual player uh, chemistry. How it's not just something that happened; it takes time. Not everybody liked each other. Just that 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 touch that we don't necessarily get when even when we're watching basketball games, we just see the game, and then we might see like post game interviews or something, but just leave it at that. But to see the actual the behind the scenes was nice, but then also the the commentary. Um, uh, I think that was that was that put things in perspective and made it made me appreciate more of the impact that Jordan had, not just the fact that he did it, but then like how much he had to do to make it happen. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, I guess um, that, those are all like the 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 fun fun times. I guess the fun the fun parts of the documentary, but. Uh, Let's let's talk about what else. What else happened? What what are maybe like something that you didn't like? Maybe something that you wanted more of? Maybe something that um, uh, could have been portrayed better? Uh, Hassan, do you want to start with that? Yeah, I, I, I kind of wish we had more insight on some of the other players. So we got a good grip on Pippin and Rodman and Kerr, um, but there is this drama around Horace Grant that I just felt kept was a little vague to me where they, he was leaking information and he went to the magic. Um, I kind of wanted more insight onto how Horace's supposed like leaks to the media, like affected Jordan or the kind of just Jordan took everything so personally. So were there things with his own teammates that he took personally? We got a good look into, Oh, the coach walked by in the restaurant, didn't say hi to Jordan screw you dog about to drop 50 on your team but I wanted to know like outside of him punching Kerr like the drama with Horace that was vague to me like were the more little moments with his teammates that he took personally and just kind of either overcame or never forgot or still holds a grudge to today you know um 
maybe more than just how he hates Jerry Krause. <laughs> so. Yeah, man, those jokes were savage, bro, on Jerry. It's like, dang, dude, bro, you don't have to do him like that. He's average height compared to basketball players. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, um, I'll add to that. I, I feel like what was missing for me was they didn't talk about the New York Knicks as much as I thought they were going to talk about. Like, obviously, the Detroit Pistons, there's a, like a long episode on that, but the Bulls were to the uh, Knicks as the – Pistons were to the Bulls you know what I mean like the Knicks just couldn't get over the hump they were a great team but they couldn't ever beat the Bulls and I, I feel like we only saw like Patrick Ewing maybe like once or twice in the whole documentary and I, I would have loved to see him more because he's he's an amazing player yeah no that that's a see the point that that point that you just made it kind of it kind of um makes me wonder right so like we had so many great players in the 90s, um, Patrick Ewing, um, we had Reggie Miller, we had Charles Barkley, uh, Shaq, Shaq was in the 90s. A, lo- a lot of these players that were really, really good, they just happened to be playing with Jordan at the same time, who was above and beyond, right? And so it, it just, it just when, I was, when I was watching it, some, one of the questions that came up was like, what would have happened if Jordan was more so like, at the same time, like when Bird and Magic were in the 80s and then like the 90s was ex-Jordan and everybody else. Um, wonder what that, what that would have been like and how the champions may have been different. Um, one thing I will add on that I didn't like, and I mean, a lot of people, I guess, have also talked about it too, but it's just like the, the portrayal of... Um, Jerry Krause was was a little sour for me um, and it's, it's just unfortunate that he wasn't around to defend himself he wasn't able to uh, give his final word like everybody else was kind of able to take some time and share their thoughts about how everything went down um, I just think that there was understood that he he may not have um, said the most appropriate things at the the times that he should have said something to like calm the situation. But I just go back and I'm thinking that he came on in the mid eighties, he drafted Jordan and, or he came on like right after they drafted Jordan. And literally um, from then he orchestrated that team. He built that team. That team wasn't necessarily bought like how it, how we see sometimes this um, in this era where, you know, players team up, they, he actually, there was scouting. There was, there was players that he, built he found that would complement each other rather than you know having two alpha dogs in one on one team um and so i feel like throughout the time he found like he had contributed a lot more than he was given credit for and even in the media i guess it was easier to to surround yourself and love and appreciate michael jordan and phil jackson um and the players because you see them more but the, the man that was pulling the strings behind um pulling behind the string behind the scenes he was pulling the strings um he he didn't get he didn't get the credit that he deserved i just feel like that that was a little uncalled for Um, think about it we've all worked at places or know people worked at places where they love their team they love their coworkers. like they all vibe they get along they put his put out a good product or like you know they're all hitting the agenda but they hate their boss um they hate their boss because their boss knows best right like and i mean it's not like jerry always had the best attitude around these guys. He was very direct and stern and no one likes when their boss, no one likes the manager like being direct. Right. But you're right. Like Jerry found the missing pieces to the puzzle each and every year. He made one switch, one little, 
roster change or personnel change, you know, um, throughout the whole process. And you got to give the guy credit. He was ahead of the game. He was a very savvy GM, but you know, like I, I am going to make a little hot take here, but Jordan's tried to put teams together recently and it hasn't worked out as well. Right. Uh, on the court. Absolutely. So yeah. like, yeah, like he might be one of the best, if the best basketball player ever. It doesn't mean he's a great manager. Obviously, Jerry is not a great basketball player, <laughs> but he might be one of the best general managers ever, right? Like your brain just works differently. So, yeah, they disrespected him a lot, but I just kind of look at it as like that's kind of like the love-hate, right? You don't love your boss. You'll shoot and like mess around with them all the time. But at the end of the day, like deep down inside, like Jordan knows like Jerry did a good job. I hope at least. Uh, who was the GM for the Space Jam team, man? That was, uh, that was a work of art, honestly. Oh, that's good. He, to go get Donald and Bugs and Lola. Like, that's seriously, bro. Tough job. I mean, honestly, hot take. I feel like Jordan was a role player on that team. Lola Bunny definitely was the MVP of that series, man. Uh, I know you guys don't want to agree, but that's how I feel. And the MVP of my heart. Hi, my name is Lola Bunny. Lola? <laughs> Oh, there you go. MVP <laughs> of your heart. Lola, if you're out there listening, um, please reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we'll get you connected. You know, drop, slide into the DMs. Anil here will definitely love to speak to you. Please. I'm waiting. All right. So, so with that, so going, so exactly building off of what Jerry Krause had done, right? So let's, let's, let's talk right now. Let's, let's, let's figure it out. Do they win number seven in 1999? If the team stays together, I will add, I will add another note back to consider was that that was a lockout season. The season only had 50 games. So consider that, consider what they had just gone through. And then Anil, tell me, do they win number seven? Uh, I obviously am biased because you guys know I'm a huge Jordan fan. I say they win it, but I say it's definitely the hardest one that, because I mean, who would they go up against? They would probably go up against the, the 99 Spurs, right? With Tim Duncan and David Robinson. That's a really hard team to be. All else equal. Yeah, sure. Right. Sure. Exactly. So, um, they would still have to go through the, the really hard Pacers team that they took the game, uh, seven games. Which honestly, they that could have gone the other way. So like, I feel like they still do it, and I feel like Jordan is still in his prime in '99. But I say it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard thing to do. I still have faith though. That team was amazing. Awesome. Oh man, um, the thing is, Kerr got traded to the Spurs, and then won another one, right? So he kind of he he forpeated, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. So that's where I think my brain just kind of freezes because the impact Steve Kerr had on that Spurs team was probably pretty strong, right? Um, he's a locker room guy. He hits the big shots. He's mentally tough. Uh, so I guess if the Spurs, and I'm not saying Steve Kerr is this big of a difference maker, but I think without Steve Kerr, I, I – Duncan and Robinson, I still got to give the Spurs their due diligence, their um, their respect. I think they had to go through harder teams uh, in that bracket as well in 99, and then maybe the Bulls have in some of their brackets. So I'll say the Spurs maybe still pull the championship out in 99. 
Yeah. Uh, Rahul, you're asking if the team that comes back in 99 is the same, right? Or are you asking? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Just all, like, they, they would all come the, back for like the a 98 year. team, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got you. So you say it's a lockout season. The other thing, too, is like, I don't, some of these guys like to party. Like, do we know if Dennis Rodman comes back in the same shape, right? Like, um, to be able to play, um, you know, with all the, I guess mentally too, I feel like Jordan was the only one that was mentally strong throughout where they knew it was Phil's last year and then maybe they renounced it and they want to keep the team together. So I think a lot of the mental factor comes into here too, where, you know, if Jerry had to revoke all the stuff they said, then maybe they could win it. But that was looming over their head all season. They put every ounce of mental and physical like ability out on the, that court that year. So I feel like they're just, they're too drained it's too hard to come back from that thought process you know yeah you know how the summer league takes place in vegas right takes place in vegas i feel like rodman would love that man like he would he would score like 30 points a game 30 rebounds a game like that dude just loved vegas man (laughs) (laughs) so uh, i can see where both of y'all are coming from and i all of that makes sense um and one thing that that I will appreciate is the fact that it, it we don't we we no nobody at that at the biggest stage beat Jordan um, and so we'll never know if they would have won or if they would never won. But I will say like I to com- not necessarily that they're equal, but to compare to what we have seen, uh, LeBron James eight straight finals and from the two thousand onwards, right? So like he. His, what we've seen, I guess, LeBron's shape, like his athletic ability, his physical shape is amazing to play. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think that LeBron ever did load management. Um, and I think that playing 82 games and then playing two more months on top of that, um, LeBron did a fantastic job carrying teams uh, through that. And I think if anybody is um, comparable to uh, LeBron's shape physically, then it's Michael Jordan who is probably better, um, better at that stage of basketball shape, I guess. Um, and it, it, my 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 take is yes, like you would have to ask Rodman to come back, you'd have to ask Pippen to come back. But if if Jordan's the one asking, hey, let's go do our instead of the last dance, it'd be unfinished business or whatever it is. You know, you can you can call it whatever you want, but damn sure they would come back. And I feel like you you saw like throughout the documentary like he just jordan just needs something he just needs something to drive him whether it's like a a slight of like a walking by a dinner table or uh just anything right he got got offended on everything dude i don't know how he even got married like right (laughs) jordan it's like oh you didn't give me a fork and a spoon at the dinner table (laughs) Done. We're not having dinner tonight ever again. Bro, I'm going to dunk all over you tomorrow. Like, dude, I'm not even playing basketball. No, still. Wife goes out to throw the trash in the driveway. He just dunks faces. <laughs> like, he doesn't take anything from anyone. Oh, man. You spell my name in cursive instead of, like, print, dunk. <laughs> exactly. Dude was wild, so, man. So that so with, with that, I just feel like, and even even he said it in episode things, like, they can't win until we quit. I think that that was a very strong statement that he – he wouldn't have let it if he would have come back and if they would have lost and I mean I don't know if that changes the perspective that might also change like is Jordan the greatest if he would have lost well, in those seven, seven here's, here's where it's interesting so, here's where it's interesting Rahul both you and I are kind of we're a little like 
felt Jerry Krause should have, you know, not have gotten so much like crap from the team. Right. Did Jerry stop the dynasty at the highest point? I granted, look, you're, they're all competitive people. No matter if you're an athlete or you're in the front office, you're competitive, right? So, like, did he stop it knowing this was the peak of the mountain before, like, the other side drops, you know? Or yeah. to know that, like, six, three, two, three peats, like, it'll never get better than this. If we lose, we tarnish two, three peats. We tarnish, you know, the three peat we just had, like, the six rings, like, et cetera, et cetera. Well, yes, agreed. And so if you remember, like, the first, the first three peat, he was, he was, he was exhausted. He seemed like he was tired after two. And he said that, but Larry and magic have only have not done a three peat. So I need to do that. And so then he did. And then he was like, I've got, I got everything that I needed. I don't need any more. I got three at that point. He was satisfied with three. And so my, my point is he was as tired and he was younger then. And now this would be the second part of the three and older. Um, I mean, there's a lot of variables, but I just, yeah, but yeah, I feel like he wanted to, right? Like he wanted to go mm-hmm. for a seventh one. Like he said it himself. Like I think when in ninety three when ninety three happened, like I think he was tired and he wanted to quit, but also like, you know, the death of his father like probably factored into that. Man, I, I think he wanted to go for seven and then call it quits. Like he's like he was already exhausted with like the media lifestyle, right? So like I think he wanted to just do one more and then just call it and, and be satisfied with it. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll we won't ever know, but I guess it's it's just it's interesting yeah. to think about. All right, so last last part. This is the other debate that everybody wants to continuously have, um, and for whatever reason, I guess it's just fun to talk about, but maybe not necessarily logical. But um, Jordan, he dominated the '90s. Then we had Kobe. Kobe became the guy, um, and he was this. Uh, an image within uh, Michael Jordan. He, right? Yeah, he, he took yeah. he took it over. He did his thing. Um, then we have LeBron, who was the second coming of Jordan when he was drafted. Everybody was comparing him to then, and then he rightfully so has gained a lot of um, popularity and skill, doing a lot of um, performing at the highest stage. Um, um, right now, what we see right now. So, quickly, just tell me. The, in, in the debate right now, Michael Jordan versus the other two, who do you have? Pick one um, and just give me a quick, quick take. Why? Uh, Hassan, let's, let's, let's roll with you first. Man, I got to go first. Um, because I know, I, I know, I know what Anil is going to say and he's going to be very biased. So I'm just like, I want to hear something right. juicy. <laughs> no, it's fair. It's fair. Um, I still think Michael's the goat. Cause I think that he was just given complimentary pieces. I think Pippen, was the out of everyone he played with was the only one that was almost on par in terms of like basketball skill set and IQ, but Jordan was still far and above Pippen. So to take, you know, six different teams at six different rosters against six different like speed bumps, I mean, I, I got to give you the goat, right? Like, I guess I measure it the way I'm saying is my formula is the championship, right? It's those rings. Let's count them and let's count them with the different rosters you have. So. No. Yeah, you guys know what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, man, Michael Jordan, bro. Like, I, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just give you two, two reasons why, right? Michael Jordan, I believe, is a lot more talented than LeBron, right? In terms of, okay, like he was 6'6", right? He, his body wasn't like anything special, but he, he had like the, the one factor that he had was he had big hands, like why? And then his hang time was like unreal. Like it was like, I think I looked it up like 0.94 seconds, which is like unbelievable. I think you can't exceed one second as a human. So like, like 
the fact that he was so talented when he in both his mid-range game and driving to the basket like I don't think LeBron can do the layups that Michael Jordan was able to do against all of those teams. Like he, he can't, I mean, he is gifted for sure. His like body is like incredible. Like you said, like the, the combination of speed and athleticism is amazing, but what Jordan was given was, wasn't that body. And he was still able to like do incredible things on the court. The other thing I'll say is that is very much overlooked is his defense, right? So he, in the 86-87 season, he scored 37 points per game, and he won the De- Defensive Player of the Year award. And he had, like, 2.1 or 2.3 steals over his career per game, right? And I, just, like, an incredible talent on the defensive end of the court. He, he reminds me a lot of Kwai, but, like, I think he's Kwai, like, obviously way better than Kwai. And, um, but in terms of his game, like, that's what, that's what it reminds me of. And I, I don't know. I can't go with anybody else. He's the GOAT. I'm not, you're not going to find any argument from my side. I agree with both of y'all. I just think that um, we're all in agreement. No way. No hot takes. Well, it would, it would be foolish for me to say something that I don't really believe in. Like, look at, look at the truth, brother. Speak the truth. (laughs) He came in, he revolutionized the game, right? So the game was already there with magic and bird and everything, but then he took it. He made the air in this, right? So he did, he, he did the dunk contest. He became um, not only, uh, popular amongst the, the city of Chicago, but he had a global impact. Um, that was that was significant. And then Kobe, essentially, from my perspective, he he embodied that. He took it and he made it his own. Um, and then LeBron just carried that forward. So I think that all of them are an aspect of each other. But it nobody nobody beats Michael. Uh, nobody beats him. Um, and. I just think that they all played in their, their separate eras. And so we should all appreciate them for who they are, but we shouldn't, we shouldn't necessarily put them in a, in a box and say, Oh, I think one is better than the other. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. What? Okay. No, no, no. I was saying, okay, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, this will have to be an argument for another day, but like does Jordan win in today's era of like NBA three point shooting, more team defense, like et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we'll, can't talk about it today. I feel like it's yeah. gone, gone pretty long, um, but maybe that's a, a conversation for another day. Like the nineties versus the eighties, nineties versus the two thousands and 2010s type of NBA, you know, like comparing, yeah. contrasting. No, that'd be a really fun topic for sure. Writing it down for another episode. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and please reach out to us to share your thoughts and feedback about the last dance and all of our takes that we just had. Um, if you agree, if you disagree, find us on Twitter or Instagram, uh, attack sports. That's a T T a C sports. Uh, looking forward to hearing from y'all and seeing y'all next time. Have a good one. Man. <laughs>